0: Hey there, welcome to the Legacy Podcast. This is Caitlin James. I am your host, and I'm excited to dive into a brand new series that we are starting called the Startup Series. And the Startup Series um, is basically a combination of several different episodes where I share about my journey into. This business that I have built. This business is not new. This business started in 2008. But there are a lot of new people around here. And so I want to make sure that I have a place where they can go and hear the full story. Because a lot of people want to know what does it look like to start a business like this? And what does it look like to be a photographer in 2022? What did it look like uh, back in the day? What does it look like now? And I'm going to share it all. I I don't know exactly um, how long or short these episodes will be. But I'm going to dive in first to the first part of the journey, which was the decision to be a photographer and the determination it took to start actually growing and creating this business from scratch. Okay, so I want to think about as a human being, we always have seasons coming and going in our lives where we have to make a decision whether or not to go for something. It could be a relationship. It could be just a conversation. It could be something as small as like asking someone to go out to dinner. And it could be as big as going to get an LLC set up and starting a business. Like there are so many different ways um, that you can find opportunities in your life to decide to go for something. But what makes us actually go for it, right? What makes that ultimate decision. Um, there is a quote in coaching. Uh, you guys know, if you don't know, you should know. We have done transformational relational coaching in our marriage for like five years now. But it is not just for relationships. It is, I think, a powerful way to allow yourself to think differently about life, and it, and it impacts the way you show up in life. Um, it's awesome. So if you never check that out, we have resources. Um, I'll be sure to mention those in the show notes so that you have a place where you can connect with um, coaches that offer this type of coaching. Anyway, let's keep going. In the coaching world, we talk about this um, this quote by, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Soren Kiergaard. Kieger, Kie- oh gosh, if, if any of you know who I'm talking about. You're like, that was awful. Basically the quote is as human beings, like we settle for a certain uh, level of despair and we call it happiness. What that means is there are things about our life that we settle for and we talk ourselves into thinking that that's as good as it's going to get. And we start calling it the best and we start calling it happiness and we start calling it like, that's all there is for me. I think when you're getting ready to make a decision and go for something, you have hit a new level of unhappiness where you are not willing to settle. And you're like, I got to do something. I have got to do something about this. We have seen this happening um with the new school that we are building, that we are launching um, in the fall of 2022 for our children. Um, it is a different take on education. It encourages play, outdoor time, life skills, character development, you know, history, reading, writing, but it's like an all encompassing model for school. And we're seeing these families come out of the woodwork that desire the same thing. And so many of them are using that same type of language. Like they just have had enough with the standard, like the status quo. They want something more than the status quo. They want to offer their children something more. And they got to a place where they weren't satisfied with what was available and they are making a decision to start something new. That same kind of feeling Is what happened to me when I started my business. So we are all at some point in our life going to find ourselves in a place where we are trying to decide if we're going to pursue something. And this is how I made my decision. Um, So in this episode, I'm going to share how I came to a place where I decided to run after this dream of becoming a photographer and just kind of give you an outline of what that determination looked like at the very beginning. So if you are a photographer or you're thinking about being a photographer, this is going to apply to you. If you are dreaming of starting a business of any kind, this is going to apply to you. If you are dreaming about just, I don't know, pursuing a passion, this is going to apply to you. Okay, so let's just go all the way back to the beginning. What did it look like for me? I started a business in high school, so we're not even at college. Let's try to imagine 15-year-old Caitlin, Braces have been off for a few years, but I'm still looking a little bit awkward. I have big bangs, like the kind of bangs you you curl like uh with a curling iron so it looks like a a, a tube of like um toilet paper roll like on my forehead. Those kind of bangs. Hair was super red. The freckles. That was that was me in high school and I loved thinking about what I could create that people would buy. Like I always thought about that. I don't know why, but I just always was thinking about like, oh, I could sell these bracelets. I never did. I never sold bracelets, but I did start finding different ways to make money here or there. One of the first ways I made money is that I started a um, professional scrapbooking business where I would take people's photos. And when I say people, I mean one person. I had one client hired me to take a box of family photos and make a scrapbook. Um, Now, It took me forever and I never even got through it. It wasn't that great. Um, but I and it was really kind of an absurd task because I'm looking at all these old photos and I don't even know who is who. I don't even know what family goes on what page. I don't even know which images are worth saving. It was a horrible idea, but I gave it a shot. So scrapbooking was not for me. All right, so we nixed that. Then I went into Caitlin's Crafts. Caitlin's Crafts, I would buy a bowl at Walmart for like 39 cents, a porcelain bowl. And I would get this, um, th- this was my biggest, like the highest cost of goods. Uh, this was the whole part of the business that actually cost me money. I had to go to Michael's Arts and Crafts, the store and um, and I would pick up this paint and it was like this porcelain PBO paint and it cost like $11 a bottle. And so it was kind of expensive because it had all different colors, but I would paint with this paint and then um, bake it in the oven and it would set it and then it would become dishwasher safe. And so I would... Paint these dishes, and they were actually usable, like dishware. I kind of repainted Vera Bradley designs when I couldn't think of anything new. So I'm pretty sure I had a problem with um, stealing, like trademarked things, <laughs> uh, early on in in my career as an entrepreneur. Anyway, I'm, but I I did have some original designs. I enjoyed it. I liked thinking through what could I create that's different. Um, and I sold them. I sold them at craft shows. I sold them at festivals. I eventually got them picked up at a boutique. So I would sell them to this little boutique. It was 45 minutes away from my house. And then I actually started working for this boutique. So yes, I would drive 45 minutes in my little Volkswagen bug all the way down to this store. It was called Bell Cottage. It was just a little like gift shop. And it was so cute. It was beside like a little food line grocery store. And so people would like go shopping for groceries and then treat themselves and come over to um, Bell Cottage and buy themselves a new Vera Bradley that they didn't really need, but they wanted. And then they would walk past these plates that kind of looked Vera Bradley-ish. And sometimes they would buy them. Now, here's the thing. I learned so much about this job and about my business. I learned that Caitlin's crafts was completely like your time is money. It's a trade for your time to get money. And I could not make those bowls fast enough to make the money hourly that I wanted. I also learned Um, that I was not in control of how many plates I sold in the boutique, but the boutique was what the next step up was for me. So it was like craft shows, or I could sell to a boutique and then they would sell it for me. But I didn't like that the boutique managed the marketing. So like, I don't know what Bell Cottage was doing to get more customers, but it affected me and it affected my sales. I was not in control of the customer base, all right. So that was happening. Then I go to college, all right. I get an internship for graphic design. Now, I created the internship; it did not exist yet. There's was a huge fine art center at our college, and I went to the director of marketing, and I said he was so nice. His name's Bruce. I don't know if he's still there or not, but he was—he was so nice. Um, to this day, just the kindest man. And I remember going to him saying, "Hi, my name is Caitlin." I just love graphic design, and I didn't know if you have any opportunities for an internship. And I remember him kind of smiling at me like, well, good on you, girl. Like, there is no opportunity. And I'm pretty sure he knew that I already knew there was no opportunity. I was basically asking him to create a position, and he did, which was amazing. Um, he created a position. And now that I'm like further removed from that season of my life, I remember thinking like, oh, that was so nice. But now I'm like, he had to get that budget approved. He had to get the, a, a position approved. He had to fight for this for me. And I really appreciate that now that I understand all the hoops that go into creating a new position at a university. So he created this very part-time graphic design position and I loved it. I asked for it. I got it. I loved it. I was. I took care of it. I showed up on time. I, I gave the hours that I said I could give. And I really threw myself into these projects. So let's say Leanne Rimes, at the time she was big, country music star. She's coming to perform at the Fine Arts Center. I would take her her headshot and maybe a logo of her current album or the the name of the show, and I would design banners and billboards advertising her show. And I would get to see them printed like size. It was so cool. But my ideas, it was no one's fault. They were not trying to be rude or mean. But my designs would then get sent to Bruce or whoever was in charge and they would get changed. They had to get changed because we had to make the logos bigger. We had to make the sponsors more prominent. We had to make it a little more legible. We had to, and even though some of those tweaks were good, some of them were unfortunate, but some of them were good, I realized I just wanted to be my own boss. That's what I learned from that job. I love being creative, I love designing, I love creating. I don't love handing it over and then seeing it on the side of the interstate on a billboard and being like, that's mine. That's not what it looked like when I turned it in. So I didn't like that. So I learned so much from these experiences. And I'm telling you these experiences because these business experiences early on when I was super young, like before even 20 years old, they, they were building this dissatisfaction within me. Um, that sounds negative. What's another word? Um, They were building this awareness within me of what I wanted for my life and for my career and for how I spent my time and for how I spent my money and how I used my gifts. They they really set the stage. And and I think so much looking back, the gift that those jobs were. And I think a lot of people have these jobs. A lot of people have these um, opportunities to learn. But a lot of times they just view them as like this, oh, gosh, this thing they got to show up and do. It's this job they hate. Instead of viewing the job they hate as a job that's teaching them what they don't want so they can move towards what they do want. So that's what I realized was the greatest gift of these two seasons. All right, so there was another season in college that piggybacked alongside with a graphic design position. Um, I had a friend in college who was photographing weddings. Her name was Jessica Smith. I loved her. She was a good friend. And she invited me to photograph a wedding with her. At the time, I had like a starter camera. And I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, definitely. And I needed experience. Um, I loved it. But I realized during second shooting that I wanted to be in charge. Again, it sounds like I am this crazy control freak. Maybe I am. I think my husband would say, sometimes you are, Caitlin. But I realized from all these different experiences in the business world, in using my gifts in different capacities, um, I was just showing myself what I needed. I needed to run my own business. I didn't want to work for someone else. I didn't even want to shoot for someone else, even though I had creative freedom. That was so good for me to understand that. So what All those things kind of pushed me towards um, this this place of being dissatisfied with all of my positions up until a certain point. And so I hit that certain point where I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? I'm going to go for this myself. All right, so let's backtrack and just recap. In high school, I had a a craft business. In college, I had a graphic design um, internship. And then in college, I also started shooting with a friend. And all these things taught me what I wanted. Ultimately, I knew... These were the things that were pushing me to go for it. So what made me actually do it? It was the combination of paying attention to all these other experiences. So the reason I actually dove in and started pursuing a photography business was one, It was pretty low risk. So in the second episode of the series, I'm going to talk about the finances of starting a photography business and what I actually spent um, monetarily to start the business, what I needed. Um, and, And from the grand scheme of things, looking at overall business startup cost, it's low. It's relatively low in comparison to other businesses. Um, I was in school. That was another reason that I could do this. I was in school. And so the pressure was not, I need to pay a mortgage. I got to feed my kids. It was, the pressure is like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. But at the time, honestly, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just trying to pursue something that I was passionate about. Um, About a year in to starting this business, that is the first time I thought to myself, maybe I could do this when I graduated. Like I didn't start this thinking that this would be my career, I started this because I started other things in the past. I started a craft business for fun because it it was fun for me. I started a photography business because it was fun for me and then things got real. Things got serious. It started to grow. I was super happy. I was hustling. I didn't even feel like I was hustling. Like something shifted. And so I'm going to take you down that journey in some other episodes. But um, let me break down a few other reasons uh, reasons why I went for it. Um, I felt like there was a part of me that just felt like I can make this happen. I can be great at this. And I feel alive when I'm doing it. I feel excited about this when I'm doing it. And so I kept leaning into it. The more I did it, the more I loved it. The more I did it, the more I grew. The more that I, I did it, the more that I practiced it, the more people were impressed by it. The more people booked me. It was like this this really cool journey of the more I fell in love with something, it's like everyone else could sense that and they loved it for me too. And, and in some ways, it's a little addicting. Like I'm just going to keep booking and growing and scaling and raising prices all right. So why did I break all this down for you? Well, I think it's important to break down the catalyst that pushed me to actually do it because someone is listening to this and they don't know when's going to be the right time to take action and move. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was just thinking about this earlier today. Um, there are times in my life where I want the dear Lord to just send me a sign from heaven that says, go do this, do it this time. This is how you're going to do it on your market set go, Caitlin. And that is not how he works. There's so many seasons in my life where it took me stepping out. If you're waiting for that big sign in the sky to appear, you're going to be waiting a really long time. So my encouragement is... Sharing my experience that made me go for it, explaining the quote that I did earlier about um that we settle for a certain level of despair and call it happiness. If you are starting to recognize what your level of despair is and that you have been um, kind of covering and washing over it and saying like, oh, it's fine. Like, this is fine. I'm happy with my job. Are you though? What is it costing you? Maybe that's a great question to end on and, and a great thing to ponder as you leave this episode. What is it costing you to continue to settle for your current reality, even though you know it is not a pure definition of happiness? What is it costing you? What do I mean by that? Um, I mean, if I had stayed in a graphic design position, and let me say this, there's a sweet, sweet woman that worked with me in that graphic design position. And I loved her and she was talented, but she's still there. Well, until, I don't know if she's left or not, but recently, like a couple years ago, she was still there. Decades. She spent decades in a position where she's sitting in a dark room and I could, I remember talking to her about this. She wanted more. She desired more and she just never took the step she'd never thought there could be anything else out there she'd never could become a graphic designer on her own freelance work crazy cool projects really cool experiences working anywhere she wanted she just couldn't take the leap because the risk of that did not in her mind did not outweigh the the cost that it, what it was costing her to stay In the cycle. For you, I don't know what your story is. Maybe you are uh, in a career that you feel like you have to do because that's where your degree lines up with. Maybe you are in a season where you want to try something new and you just cannot seem to be able to allow yourself to even try something new because you're a parent and it seems like your whole life is supposed to be dedicated to your kids. I don't know what the hang up is, but I hope that this podcast will give you the encouragement and the push forward to really think through, okay, what is it costing me to not move forward? What is it costing me to not take a step? If I'd stayed in that graphic design internship, I uh, quite honestly, I don't, I don't envision how, uh, that could have turned into anything for me, but I remember contemplating, maybe I could get a job here. I remember looking up salaries. I'd make 40 grand a year being graphic designer, like that could pay the bills. But would I be satisfied? Would I be happy with that? Would I come home to my family and be inspired and filled up? Or would I not be? Would I even see my family? If I'm working a nine to five job, how much would I actually see kids once they came into the picture? Is that what I wanted? So what is it costing you, to not go for the thing you want to go for. Maybe you're saying, Caitlin, I'm doing it. Like I am going for it. That's great. That's awesome. Now let's apply what we learned from my different seasons into whatever season you're in. I think everything that you experience has an opportunity to teach you about where you're headed next, if you're willing to pay attention to it. So um, so takeaways from this episode, number one is to try stuff. I literally wrote down this point and I'm like, try stuff. I could, I could think of a better word than stuff but honestly, I, it needs to be all encompassing. Try it all, right? Try anything. You want to paint planes and, and get a business license and learn how to pay sales tax and see what that's like when you're young. Go for it. Why? Because my experience with that is that I learned so much about business as a teenager because my parents were willing to let me paint and make a mess of my bedroom when I was 15 years old. Um, Try stuff. Lean into new stuff. This is the beauty um, of the school that we are starting for our kids. The beauty of an acting academy, um, and if you've never heard of this, we have another episode where we talk about the story of the school. Um, but basically, we are we are starting a learner driven school where kids are encouraged from from the time they are five years old until they are eighteen to try as much stuff as they can. To the point where Acton Academy high school students are in the real world working and trying out different careers in apprenticeship programs so they can figure out what they're good at before they go to college and have to decide within two years what they're going to major in and spend $150,000 in a degree in, right? We need to be trying stuff all the time. I want my son and I want my daughter, I want them to go to school and they have their hands in all kinds of things. You like robotics? Great. Let's do a quest on robotics. You want to learn about physics? That's great. Let's do a quest, a hands-on quest with physics. You want to learn how to be a chef? You want to learn what it looks like to do profit and loss and start a little craft business? That's awesome. Let's learn this as a child so that you can figure out what you love and what you don't love. That is what happened to me. And quite honestly, when I think about this Business that i'm in, I started this business with a thousand dollars from my parents. What a gift they helped me. I remember them saying, "We believe in you. we're going to invest in this for you here's a thousand dollars to go towards your camera kit, and that thousand dollars has turned into a full time job for my mother. isn't that amazing? My mom is hired by my business. she gets paid an amazing salary to watch her grandbabies every single day, and she gets health insurance through the business that she gave she was the only and first her and my dad they were the only and first ever investors in Caitlin Jane's photography back in the day and i just their roi on that investment was like a hundredfold and i love that why did i get to this place like how did i take a photography business that was nothing and turn into a multi-million dollar career we're going to get into that in the next episode actually a few more episodes but it all started by trying something new I am in this desk with this podcast mic because I tried a bunch of stuff. So that's takeaway number one. Two, don't get stuck in the stuff that you hate. Recognize what you hate. My graphic design internship was such a gift because there were parts of it that I loved and parts of it that I hated. And I very clearly remember sitting down with my roommates and talking through, I just don't love when I turn in this stuff. I'm so proud of it. And then they change it. And I had some roommates that would say like, well, they have to, like that's protocol, you know, so don't be offended by it. And I I got that. And then there were some roommates that were like, oh yeah, I totally get that. Maybe you should just be free, work for yourself. It's two different mindset shifts. So for me, I couldn't settle for just turning it in and being like, ah, it'll be changed. That killed my creativity. Some people can, and some people do, and that's totally fine. But if it's, if that's not you, then we got to decide what is this costing us and how can I move forward? Pay attention to the things that you do not like, because it is defining where you're headed. All right, number three, another takeaway, um, pay attention to why you're not enjoying something and let that guide you into other possibilities. So if you don't like the work schedule of a nine to five job, that is something you're going to use to define what you're going to pursue next. Do you want to be a wedding photographer? Well, Wedding photography means that you're going to give up your Saturdays. And if you want to make a decent living, you either have to scale to being luxury and and charge $6,000 to $10,000 a wedding, or you've got to give up a lot of Saturdays. And that might be fine for you because you're going to have freedom throughout the week. So those are things you have to think about. You learn from your current scenario. Do you like that type of? of schedule. If you don't, then you might want to look into like branding photography where you could have some big name clients that have retainers every month, you're recurring income, but you get to work during the week while your kids are at school. There's different options, but you're not going to know where to go unless you pay attention to what you don't like about your current scenario. Okay? So, last but not least, you do not have to begin with the final goal in mind. I started this business because I was passionate about something and it made me feel alive. And I was on this young, kind of naive pursuit of what I was supposed to do with my life. And I think I was so blessed that I had all those trial and error moments and experiences before I ever even got to college. And then I continue that in college. I feel like I landed what I loved earlier because I took risks that no one else was taking. If if I could leave you with anything in this episode, it would be that, to keep trying stuff out and paying attention to how you show up in it and what you love and what you don't. I never thought that this would turn into what it what it is now. And I will be completely honest with you. I think some people think that I am this big visionary and that I have this like huge plan and it just always keeps unraveling like one product, one release at a time. And that's not true. It's not. It's not true at all. I do not have a five-year plan for KJP. I wish I did, but I don't. And I never have. So let this be freeing for you. Those of you that cannot wrap your mind around what your life is going to look like as a business owner, even a year from now, that's okay. Start doing stuff. Start moving. Take the step, purchase the starter camera, get information and education that will help you grow and dive in. We are getting ready to um, release something that I've been working my butt off for. I have been throwing myself into what was supposed to be this simple, easy project. And it is quite honestly, one of the hardest courses I've ever created. Why? Because we have taken it upon ourselves. I say we, as in it's really myself with some help from Tyler. Um, I am pursuing launching the starter course, the starter course is a course for beginners and I have never taken the basics and I've never broken it down to this level. The lighting location course starts basic, but now I'm realizing I barely went basic. I mean, I did the bare minimum in that course. That course goes advanced really fast. The KJ Photography Starter Course basically takes all of the concepts, the foundational concepts of photography. So we're talking metaphors, diagrams, real life examples, priority plans. I take all of these tools and I put them in a step-by-step process where you can learn the basics of photography in a way that you can actually go and apply them as soon as you watch the lessons. It's not one of those things where you're like, I kind of get it, but not really. Like it is, it is created for beginners to be able to grasp and then apply, grasp and then apply. So I'm, I am thrilled to introduce this to you, but we're not quite ready. It is coming out on March 21st. So mark your calendars, make a little note somewhere. It's going to be on sale for the launch week and we cannot wait. It is for anyone who is a beginner. If you've been shooting for five years and you understand the three variables of manual shooting, if you understand what it looks like to shoot in raw and JPEG and prime lenses versus fixed lenses and gears and spot metering and all, if you've gotten that, this isn't for you. You need the lighting and location course. But if you are a beginner and all those things I just said sound like something that's overwhelming, this was created with you in mind. It, It was super hard to take all this basic education and put it into a format that reads easily and flows well and makes sense. But we did it and it's getting pieced together literally as I talk to you right now and it will be ready and released on March 21st. So guys, thanks for tuning in. The next episode um, is going to be about first steps and finances. So what did it look like to actually start this business and what did it cost me? So that's what we're going to dive into next time.